Hey everybody and welcome to Declutter Me, a podcast about organizing and decluttering your life. And hey, how's it going? Hi, Hi Shrek, how are you? Okay, not too bad. Um, since we have, I've been told we have a serious topic. Yeah. Well, it's not that serious. Oh, okay. Well, it could be for some. Um, we're going to talk about wedding dresses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And obviously, there's not been a lot of wedding dresses used this year for various reasons. Um, but um, I always see a lot of wedding dresses in houses. And there isn't a great way to deal with the dresses um, here. But there are amazing ways to use the right dresses around the world. And, you know, to get it out of the, the wardrobes. Because they take up so much valuable real estate. And here, people do like going big and bling. Very big and very bling. Um, you know, as you know, I work with a lot of locals and they love having extraordinarily beautifully big, big fat dresses. And they are ginormous. It's ridiculous trying to put them into the wardrobe sometimes. Like you need, I need to help to sometimes hang them. You know, you need multiple hangers to hang them in or they're in a box or in a suitcase or something. So, you know, and it's, I see it and I'm always like, just take up why why are they there you know first why are there such big dresses but that's it personal choices to for everyone um but the next thing is like why is it taking up valuable real estate you know could you do something with them so so this episode is going to be focused on kind of what do you do after with the wedding dress yes and how do you deal with that in the years to come yes yeah so not setting the context yeah so it's after you've been married after the wedding ceremony after the honeymoon after looking at it a few times going, I wore that. I was thin enough to wear that wedding dress or whatever size you were. You know, because that's what people do, don't they? I, don't, I haven't been married yet, so I don't, I don't know these things. One day, inshallah, inshallah. So to start off with, um, what I have seen in a few houses is that people have made it uh, a kind of art, a piece of art. So they've put it onto a mannequin stand and it's there to look at when you walk into the your closet or to your area or into your bedroom. So it's always there. And then every so often needs a dust, you know, bit of dusting or a cleaning. So put it on a mannequin or you can put it into a big frame um, or you could put it into, say, a glass cabinet and have it inside there. So, you know, like you'd see as a, in a museum. Um, so I have seen that as well, that these, these dresses are, they look like they're curated in a, a museum. So that it looks... Uh, fabulous and you know special and it's it's a lovely thing to remember remind you of what you wore on your wedding day another thing that and that happened this happens a lot for christian families and catholic families is that they turn the gowns into christening gowns for their children um so once they've had children because a lot of them have got lace and stuff so they use uh, you know, they they uh, go to the tailors and give the gowns and get them to make beautiful christening gowns. So you can do that. But be aware, of course, if the gowns have got lots of beading, it might not be suitable for the child because the beads will hurt them. So unless it's on the trail. Um, but that's um, a lovely way to use it. Um, another thing to do with your wedding dress is to change it. So, you know, maybe hem it into a cocktail dress or a ball gown dress. So remove the fluff if it's too big and floofy and, low, you know, make it a bit slimmer, like, you know, for to use as a ball, a ball gown or a cocktail dress. Um, and floofy is a technical term for this thing. Yeah, floofy, <laughs> like, 
It's all fluffy. No, the fluffy, fluffy. Yeah, it's that. Yeah. It's the word of the day by Shalina. Um, so and yeah, I think maybe this is a, an interesting point where we could also add, like, like we do sometimes. We say they sometimes think about this in advance. So, for example, I mean, ideally, in a world where these big weddings will happen again, yes. Will, uh, but you know, when you're designing them, or when you're picking them, or whatever, like look at the possibility that can you then convert it, right? So yes. there, I imagine that there are some dresses that would be very difficult to convert into something yes. potentially. Uh, so, and I'm sure there's, a good tailor can do lots of things with, with almost anything, but then, you know, it's it's not a bad idea to think about it in advance and be like, okay, can I can, can I strip some of this out and then eventually use it as a cocktail dress, as you said, or something else? Exactly, exactly. Uh, and the same for, even for Indian outfits. So, you know, uh, for the Indian saris, they can be very ornate, very bling, very heavy, what are you going to do with them? You can't like, you know, we we don't have it in our culture, you know, for Muslims. I don't think for even for Hindus that have used parts of the gown for the babies. No, we don't not use really. That. No, 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 not really. And so, also like the, the trick there is, um, you know, it's also the, in the colors, right? So certain colors that you wear at a wedding, you just generally don't wear it. Yeah, you like don't you wear can't wear it to somebody else's wedding. You don't, just like you wouldn't wear white to somebody else's wedding, yeah. right? Like, so you can't wear red to, yeah. Even though people now you wear can. various yeah, yeah, colors. Yeah, you can. And people do other colors. And a lot of them, I mean, I know that at least among our generation, yeah. there has been that conversation to be like, yeah, I want to get this, but I want to get it because I can then do something yeah. with it later. Or exactly. I can at least, uh, you know, bring it down to something that's wearable. Yeah. Even if it's just for big events, but that's fine. Yeah. So, I mean, with the, the you know, if you get uh, the, the Indian wedding dress, if you get a lenga, you can use a skirt and then get a plain top. So you can use that again for something, or you can just use a skirt by itself for an event, for a ball gown. And, you know, there's various things you can do with it as a lenga. With saris, it's a bit more difficult, but then you could always make, convert the sari into tops and a jacket or a lenga as well. So there's different things you can do with it once you, and especially with saris, you've got the material. So you can exactly. always do yeah. things with it. Um, but yeah, the same, as you said, think about what you're going to do after you've bought it. So, you know, you, you might buy these amazingly bling saris or lenga, but what and are you going to do? That's difficult to kind of reuse. Whereas if you buy something that's a bit more. Yeah, I mean, they can still be really fancy and nice, but they can, you can also reuse them. And I, the, the, the yeah. other thing also is like, I mean, at least with Indian weddings or I guess just generally subcontinent weddings maybe, uh, is also the other events, right? Because there are other outfits that you can design and wear and those are definitely reusable. Yeah, right? like, so, exactly. So always look to reuse those because yeah. you end up with three or four things and then you're like, okay, well, okay. Yeah. the wedding dress, fine, I don't want to rewear, but what about the others? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've got the Mendy, we've got, uh, you know. Like a Sangeet or a musical evening. Yeah, and, and all then, that. Yeah. So you can wear, yeah, you can definitely wear them to other people's weddings or, you know, family members' weddings because they're bling enough to wear for them. So there's a whole etiquette with Indian, you know, subcontinent weddings. Um, but any wedding, I mean, they, yeah. like, you know, you don't wear a white wedding gown as well. And yeah. it's all, they, but for yeah. us, it's the different level of blingness depending on whose wedding you're going to, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so sure. it's like the... More blingy if it's a family member, a Correct. close family member. Correct. If it's just a regular family member, it's less blingy. Then a touch-up is nice. But then if yeah. it's like someone distant and stuff, then you can just wear yeah. what you might wear on a night out, I suppose. Yeah, you don't go too bling because you're not family. And it looks bad if you go too bling because you're trying to show up the family. It's a whole minefield out there. Anyway, so that's that. So you can change it. You could also dye it. So there are possibilities of dyeing it. It's a bit more difficult here because it's not really a thing to do. But in Europe, in US and Canada, there is a thing, you know, about going to dry cleaners or getting the dye and dyeing it yourself. Uh, for these kind of things, you know, for the wedding, white wedding dresses and even for the saris and stuff, I would go to a professional. So see which professional companies 
would dye it for you. And I'm sure there must be somebody here, or if not, you can ship it to another country and ask them to do it for you. So that's one thing to do. Um, so another thing to do is to sell it. Um, so there isn't so much of it happening here, which is unfortunate. And I've always, you know, I've talked to people and discussed this and said, wouldn't it be great if there was like a secondhand wedding dress company? So if you are listening and thinking, hey, I want to set up a new company, how about that? You know, a secondhand one. Because there are so many people who cannot afford to get expensive wedding dresses. You have these dresses. You can make a bit of money from them by selling it to these stores. And then they will sell it to somebody who would love to have a lovely wedding dress but can't afford to spend, you know, what, 10,000, 20,000 dirhams on them. Um, so that's a good thing. And you can also sell your accessories. So the shoes, the tiara, you know, the clips, all the bits and pieces, the veils as well, that can uh, be sold as well. Um, and, you know, another thing is to loan it to somebody. So if you don't want to sell it, but you can loan it to people. Um, so there was a few companies here for a while that were loaning out designer dresses and wedding dresses. Um, I think most of them have gone under during this year unfortunately but you never know it could come back again but I'm, they are around in the world as well in the UK and the US that you can give the dresses to them but it has to be stylish and they have lots of criteria so check what the criteria is but if you do meet it you might as well you know get it and then you get money for it while it's being loaned out so every time it's loaned out you you make money from it um the last thing is to donate uh, and this is the thing that I was saying is it could be a bit heavy. Um, so there are various companies, um, especially or, or charities in America and the UK that um, take wedding dresses, uh, donated wedding dresses, and either they sell it in their own stores and then the money they make, they give to charities, especially women charities or cancer charities. So there's Brides Across America, which uh, donates the wedding dresses to first responders and veterans who can't afford uh, gowns. So they give, you know, and they have thousands of gowns given to them, you know, every year. Um, but And another one is the Bre uh, Brides Against Breast Cancer, which is they resell the donated bridal wear so that they give the proceeds for breast cancer charities. Um, and so there's just various ones uh, like that that, you know, will help. And you can also give it to charity shops and they'll sell it. And of course, you know, like Oxfam, Goodwill, Salvation Army, Red Cross, they'll all take it and then the proceeds they'll use uh, for their charitable causes. Another one that's very close to my heart, and I have, I would love it if somebody could do that here, is um, there's a company called Cherish Gowns in the UK, and they take the gowns, if they're made of lace, so not of all the beads and stuff, they transform burial gowns uh, for babies that were born uh, prematurely or they were too late or too poorly and what they do is they send these gowns to hospitals so say like great ormond street and all these other hospitals with children's wards so that the parents uh can use these gowns and it's given free of charge um and i know it got to a point where they had so many gowns being donated to them that they said you know you have to stop sending it to us because we can't we we haven't got enough people volunteering to transform them into gowns so I but I don't know if that's changed now but it's worth contacting them but it's for a beautiful beautiful charity and for you know it's such a 
a lovely way to use the gown. Um, and I mean, it happens here. It happens around the world. So I'm sure there are other charities that are very similar that do the same thing. Um, I'm not sure if there's any that does it here in the Middle East. If there is, please get in touch and let us know um, because it would be wonderful to know if there is a charity like that doing that here. Um, but yeah, that it's it's such a, you know, I've known about this for years and I know people who've given the gowns there so that they could be transformed into uh, these gowns. Um, and I think that's just lovely, you know. Yeah, and I think it kids. would be something that would be, uh, you know, again, this is not to take away from someone's sentiment towards their gowns and, and, and their weddings, uh, but this could be something that you also be really fulfilling, right? I mean, yeah. it's something that's just sitting in your closet and, and stuff, and at least this is getting donated to a cause that's really worthy. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and kind of gives a little new lease of life to somebody in a way and in terms of, you know, the parents and, and exactly. for them to feel, you know, you've done a really good deed by doing that. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the whole cause, I mean, there's, there's volunteers who do, you know, the, the tailoring of it. They give it to the hospital. It's just such a beautiful thing to do. But even just donating it to charities to help the different charities is a great thing for me. And I, I, I always, you yeah. know... Um, and we're so much into all of that, you know, giving for charity. And we talk about it a lot with Dichotomy. Um, so, yeah. So, but think about, you know, if you had the dress for many years, and I know it sounds harsh, and I've, you know, I work with a lot of people who are divorced, and we've talked about it in a podcast before. Um, but, you know, if you've gone through a divorce and you're still keeping the wedding dress, why are you keeping it? Is it holding you back, you know, mentally and physically from moving forward? in your life and I find that a lot with a lot of clients that they find that they need to get the gown away from their lives so that enables them to move on so if there is a way for you to do it do it um and like with some of these like you know the Brides Cross America and some of these other uh, charities uh, even in the UK you can send it to them internationally so you can send it from the UAE to them okay. contact them first yeah. fill in the form first but see if they'll accept it if they accept it you can ship it to them of course it'll cost money but then it's going for a good cause and it's coming out of your space so that you, uh, you know, can use that real estate for something else in your closet or in your storeroom or suitcase because people put them in suitcases as well. Um, so, yeah, um, check them out. Um, we will leave in the show notes some places where you can donate. Uh, the yeah, links to the, the charities you mentioned and stuff. Yep. We'll definitely have that in the show notes yep. as well. Yeah, We'll do that. Yeah, Sounds good. Okay, so that's uh, all we have for you in terms of kind of managing your wedding dress. I know it's been a tough year, but we do know that a lot of people have opted to do Zoom weddings and, and done that as well. Yes. So this is applicable to literally anybody. But of course, um, even if it's something that you've just been holding on to, as Shalina mentioned, uh, something to think about. Um, and as always, if you feel like talking to her about it, which you can do absolutely uh, by contacting her on social media at Dichotomy, that's D at D-E-C-L-U-T-T-R-M-E or at Dichotomy.com and you'll find a little contact form. Um, so you can do that and she'll get in touch with you and talk to you about different things. And also, I wanted to just say thank you to Rabia and Courtney, who recently left reviews on our podcast. On it, it was on Apple Podcasts. It did, yes. Thank you so much for the reviews. It was so lovely. And like, um, yeah, we love reading them. And it, like, especially when you name Chirac, he gets very happy about that. So um, if you want to leave a review, if you love listening to us, even if you love listening to Shirag, some people have said his voice is better than mine. I'm not hurt about it. Actually, that's not what they said. What did they say? Uh, no, actually, that... well, maybe, maybe, if you, maybe we shouldn't get into that. 
Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what but was anyway. I thinking there? Um, but yeah, um, it would be lovely if you could leave a review and uh, yeah, we'll name you in the podcast then. Well, that too. And it really actually helps more people discover the show. So the reviews are something people look at when they're checking out a show. So it helps. It helps with discovery and stuff. So you would be helping us out too. So thank you so much. All right. See you next week. Bye. Bye.